You're listening to the Fashion Ambition Podcast, and I'm your host, Natalie Robin. The Fashion Ambition Podcast is all about bringing you the tools and strategies to start and scale your business or career in fashion through conversations with industry experts who have been there and done that. Whether you're a startup founder, a new fashion graduate, or a soon-to-be graduate like me, or you just know that a career in fashion is your calling, we have an episode to help you launch. Make sure to keep up with new episodes by following the podcast at The Fashion Ambition on Instagram, where I update you on new episodes every week. You can also find my blog on Instagram at nomadandmode and online at nomadandmode.net, where I write all about fashion and travel. You can find all of the links to connect with me in the show notes. So with that, let's get into the episode. This is Natalie and welcome back to the Fashion Ambition Podcast. Today I'm so excited to be talking with Abby Ginther and Dina Simer, who are successful fashion retail business owners and also just so happen to be two of my former French immersion teachers. So after pivoting from careers as teachers, they opened Belong Lifestyle, a clothing boutique in Martinsville, Saskatchewan that promotes body positivity and inclusivity. So today we're going to be talking all about what inspired them to open the store, some of the challenges that they faced as an inclusive retailer, and why they feel inclusivity is so important. So welcome to the podcast, you guys, and thank you so much for being here. Hi. Thank you. For your voice, I want to speak in French to you. So <laughs> Maybe the next podcast, I think this one is going to be evaluated in, in English. So it sounds good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I really wanted to start out um, with you guys by asking, what was it that made you decide to kind of make that career shift from, you know, being established teachers to opening a store? Oh, man. Does a lifelong obsession with fashion count? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I feel like we always had it in our soul. It was always a pipe dream. And we both ended up in the same position where we had the chance to do something. We're like, why? Why aren't we? Why not? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that we both um, felt in the classroom too. Like we got to explore style in a fun and funky way. In, and to be able to sort of model that to a younger generation that you can be yourself and you can do whatever you want with clothes and still be confident and fun. And then realized that there were a lot of women our age, younger, older, that were struggling with their outer appearance, not matching their personality or sort of their, their spirit. Right. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Um, and I really love what you guys are doing with like the inclusivity and then the body positivity aspect as well. Like I find that you do such a good job of, um, of really kind of bringing that across in your social media, especially. We're still educators, right? We're still being teachers. That's not, not something that we are going to forget about. So it's just comes with the package. <laughs> right, for sure. So was that something that you always knew was going to be part of the store? Like as you, like when you first opened it, to, was that like something that was top of mind or is it more so just something that, that um, or more so who you guys are? Yeah, I think that's something that's definitely developed with us. I know when we started, we have very different body types ourselves, the two of us, and we wanted to 
really promote women feeling beautiful in the skin that they're in today. So that is definitely a core belief that has come into the business with us. And as we grew and um, started trying to bring in clothes that worked for different body types, we really saw a lack of um, a lack of choices for women specifically as they got up into um, different clothing ranges. So for example, in our store, the average, like the most popular size in our store is size 13. And so that is okay. not something that you generally see put out there. If you look at uh, fashion or styles, you would think it would be like a size four, but that's not true. So if you think that's our average size and then it goes out in both directions from there. So mm -hmm. to be able to provide clothing in sizes that fit women and make them feel comfortable in the skin that they have today, not some sort of body that they maybe had 20 years ago or that um, they're attaining to. Right. And one of the other questions that I wanted to ask you guys, um, you, you kind of touched on it with like the uh, difficulty in finding sizes. What are some of the challenges that you've found in trying to incorporate that like body positivity and, and or, or incorporate inclusivity more so within the store? Well, it's, I mean, it's easy to, we know what, we know what is needed. We know that all sizes need that support and we know that all sizes shop and we know that all sizes want to feel good. Mm -hmm. The hard part is finding the quality pieces of clothing from manufacturers. I mean, if I have to start making clothing, we will start making clothing someday. Right. Like, New pipe dream, Abby. <laughs> New goal to hit. <laughs> I mean, it's so easy to find clothing for those average sizes that you see everywhere, but branching out and finding things. And then the price points are different. So then you're having to figure that out. So it's more of a, it's more of a supply issue. And mm -hmm. then once, once you get the clothing in, I think the other part that is, is a challenge is the whole education part. Because you have these people who ha are used to not being able to find clothing for themselves. So letting them understand that, hey, get in here. We have stuff for you. You can and look, you look beautiful. And we can attacking <laughs> me here. <laughs> um, like, I mean, Abby, maybe you could speak more to the actual, because Abby, like we have our different roles in the business, right? So mm -hmm. I'm bringing the things in and that's my challenge, finding the pieces. And then Abby's the voice and getting the word out. So she maybe could speak to more to that. I think one of the challenges that we didn't expect um, as much and that we've really encountered is letting women believe that there's something for them and feel comfortable purchasing for themselves today. As women, we often have an idea of who we want to be, but to take that from some future nebulous thing into your own body today has been a challenge. And I think one of the things that we found the most powerful for women is seeing themselves represented in clothing. So that's something that I don't think we're there yet, but we're really working on is having beautiful, stylish women of all shapes, sizes, cultures, ages, being shown in our clothing so that when you come to our, whether it's our Instagram or you walk into the store, you have a vision of yourself and what you want to look like in clothes rather than maybe one or two people in a certain size. Right. So I think that's a huge thing for women and probably a block for women of different sizes um, to, to even walk into a store and feel comfortable and know that it's for them as well. So right. that's what we're really working on. Yeah, that's great. And what kind of feedback do you guys get from your um, your customers in terms of how they're responding to your your marketing and 
like kind of the intention in stocking, you know, kind of a wide variety of sizes? I think probably the most consistent feedback we receive once women have interacted with our company, whether it's online or in-store, is how fun it was. And they're always surprised. Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of women dread shopping and either feel like they're really being marketed to, to buy things or else that it's just not going to be a good experience. So for example, jeans shopping is a huge daunting task for a lot of women, especially women we found after they've had kids, they may not have put on a pair of jeans for two, three years. And to find a pair of jeans that fits them well, makes them feel confident and are also comfortable is a huge thing. So once women have interacted with the store, we generally that that's our marketing plan is serve our people well, and they will tell people they know about that experience. So it's not so much, yay, we sold them a pair of pants. It's more, how did they feel when they were in the store? Did they feel valued? Did they feel heard? Um, did they leave feeling good about themselves in their own skin? And so that's consistently been our goal from day one. And I don't mean to make it sound like we don't need to sell clothes or a retail brand, but honestly, that is not the goal. That's just it's a side effect. Yeah. Like pegging along with that, what Abby's saying there, it's it's amazing once you start getting into that and bringing in more pieces in all the size ranges. How everybody's like, oh my god, we need this. Thank mm -hmm. you for doing this. Like people want that visual diet for it to be a healthy one that we see all the size size ranges. So, I mean, we're just going with what we hear. So the more we hear, right. it, the more we bring in, right? Look at their own visual diet. So what do you? Mm -hmm. What are you imbibing? Are the people that you are trying to emulate visually, are they like you? Are they, you know, it's sort of trying to broaden that range of what is beautiful in people's minds. Right, for sure. And then I guess a question for you, Dina, um, because you you mentioned that you are kind of in charge of stocking everything. Yes, so, so for somebody who um, is wanting to start a clothing store and they really want to have like that, that piece um, of the puzzle, like top of mind to make sure that, you know, they can cater to, to every kind of body type. Um, what would you say is like the first step? Like where should they look first? Oh man, I guess it all depends on what type of look that you're going to be curating, right? So, I mean, you can essentially bring anything in, you can bring in that like fast fashion cheaper stuff or you can bring in if you want to support Canadian companies I mean I guess I would just figure out that first what mm -hmm. your what your core values as a buyer are and then start looking um, there's plenty of Canadian retailers there are some in the states we work with a, um, a warehouse out of Los Angeles like there's stuff everywhere it's just I don't know I would go with first figure out what you would feel proud representing Okay. Yeah, that's a really good tip because I think um, people don't necessarily think, okay, should I look at Canadian retailers first or should I look look at, um, should I look abroad? Because unless you're aware of fast fashion really ahead of time, before you start sourcing, you don't necessarily have that question in mind. So um, are there any mistakes that you see other stores or other brands making when it, when it comes to trying to be inclusive? Yeah. Well, just forgetting about all the sizes, but okay. it's not that it's the, like, and I don't know, maybe it's because Abby and I were both, both teachers and we come from a place of wanting people's 
I don't know, their best selves to be present. And we see that through clothing. And I guess maybe mm-hmm. we always have because that's us. But um, just forgetting that piece that it isn't just a little piece of clothing that you're buying. It is, it is confidence and it's that self-awareness and it's like learning how to dress your body shape. Like it's, I just, I think retailers are just like, buy my clothes. Here you go. Bye. And they just forget that whole, I don't know, the person. Like Right. Like the relationship that you're building with the, with your customers, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And often we see that, um, uh, a piece of clothing will come in one size or in one size range. And then when you look at the next size range up, it's, it's a considerably different style and just realizing that women can choose their styles at every size range. That's been a challenge. I think Tina's done a really good job of bringing in, um, current and trendy styles for all bodies, not just, perhaps the bodies that retailers think that they should be on and just changing women's perception around the idea that you have to dress to look a certain way. I think often uh, women who fit in what we typically call the plus size ranges are told to look slimmer. So they are given things that are in dark colors. They are given things that are loose. They are given, there's this sort of random, um, I don't know, discrimination that happens even with the clothing available to people in certain size ranges. So just basically dismissing that and dressing for yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So for somebody who this is, this kind of goes on, on um, the point of for someone who's also, you know, wanting to start a store, um, what are some of the challenges that you guys faced when you were first opening like the physical storefront? <laughs> we so many. It was never on our to-do list. It kind of just happened to be honest with mm-hmm. you. So it's been, I feel like lesson after lesson after lesson. <laughs> I think coming from an education background, we love people and we like serving people, but we didn't have a strong background in finance and okay. in uh, business. And so for us, it's been a huge learning curve as we develop the skills um, to run a team of people in a financial way, and then also in um, a way that works with our core beliefs. So this last year, and, and then of course, to making the decision to open a storefront right as everything shut down with COVID and deciding whether that would be something that we go forward with or not. And so I feel like <laughs> we've had this year to hammer out a lot of those details. And um, if we can be successful in this current environment, I think mm-hmm. we're going to when things open up again. Definitely. Oh my gosh. Like what a test. Like, yeah, if you're ever going to start a business and see if it's going to, if it's going to make it, I think this is the year to do it. <laughs> I think too, we have definitely go with your gut. I think if you're starting a business, go with your gut. We've opened in a small town in which neither of us live. Um, there's a lot of things that perhaps seem different about our business. Uh, we offer beautiful clothing at a higher price, price point, but then we also offer consignment options. So I think there's a lot of things that might seem contradictory to people Uh, if they're looking at us from a business standpoint, but they're all things that have served us well in knowing our, our people and our community. Well, and I think too, one of the biggest things that I've seen with opening the storefront is now it's not just Abby and I doing things behind the scenes. There's people representing our brand at the storefront. So I think it's essential that you find team members that can emulate what you are trying to get across. You can't just have that person standing at the till saying, looking for a store and then ignoring you for the rest of the time, right? right. They have to be able to 
represent what our mission is as a brand. Right. Um, and what, um, what would you say are some tips for finding people that, you know, share those same values? Hoy, former high school students. <laughs> They're all brilliant. <laughs> Uh, what is I don't know it, it's like I don't believe in this stuff but it's like you put that vibe out there and they just come to you okay I, mean, it. I don't know you just manifest yeah. them you know I think the more clear that you are with your values and putting them out there people either very much respond to that and are drawn to it or pass and say it's not for them right so I think as we developed our voice in our company then those people that that really responded to that um, were people that are now somehow involved in the business. And another thing is that a lot of the, we, we are a female owned and female operated company. So everybody that works for us is, is a girl, strangely, or a woman and, um, in different parts of their life who have talents, uh, one, one mom who happened to have a background in finance and HR one mom oh, okay. who had to have a background in customer service. One mom. So it's been very interesting. And then, of course, we have younger employees as well who are finishing high school. So it's been really fun and empowering to see women who have other balancing other responsibilities and other life stages become a part of belong in their own way with their own talents. So that has been hugely gratifying to Dina and I. And it wasn't something, again, that we foresaw when we began this company. Yep. That wasn't right. on the agenda, but it's neat how they all just turned up knocking and said, Hey man, I want to be a part of this. Yeah. And they have and awesome added so much value. Yeah, so much value added. I think that also speaks to how good your branding and, and marketing is too, that you have been able to communicate those values so clearly that That's you know, then people kind of come come to you. <laughs> I think though that often as women specifically, we are so good at planning and listing and researching that often it's very difficult to begin a venture because things seem overwhelming. Um, and so if we had any advice to give someone who maybe wanted to start their own business, it would be to just start, start small, make the mistakes, but start and learn as you go. Um, because all the research in the world, and I mean, we actually had started out our company under a different name under Salt and Light Lifestyle and ended up rebranding as Belong. So that's an example of maybe we weren't ready in that sense when we mm -hmm. sat down and looked at all of our values and what we wanted to transmit to the world that changed and or developed. And so, and that's okay. And I think it's okay to show, um, to show as you go and to say, this didn't work, scrap it. Let's move on to here. Um, we have so many ideas and things that we wanted to focus on that we have actually had to sit down each month and say, okay, let's bring yeah. it back. What do we want to focus on? What can we do well? Because we right. have, as Dina said, we have so many life goals that just come along and we will do them, but yeah. we'll be able to concentrate on one or two things at a time and continue to grow that. So yeah, just start. Yeah, just start. To that note as well, is, is there anything that you'd consider to be a major, I guess, I don't like saying failure, but like a major mistake that you guys have, have made through the, throughout this process? Cause I know it's inevitable, especially if you're, if you're, you know, trying something that you've never done before. Um, but I think those are also some major like learning lessons that if you hear from someone else, it can really help you kind of in your own journey to things. So well, is there anything... I'm going to say, I don't know if it's been a, like, 
it hasn't had crazy ramifications, but I would just even say with Abby and I, we're very different people. We have very different strengths and it's that learning to work with a teammate and to be able to balance how one person functions versus how the other person functions. And we've had our ups and downs, but uh, that's for a different podcast. And, um, <laughs> and I, I would probably classify them as mistakes, but then you make a mistake and you learn and you grow, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, definitely balancing personalities. And I think for us, um, what has probably saved the day, no matter what challenge we're facing, whether it's, oh, we need to count the stock 18 times this week because our system wasn't working or whether it's um, communications, it, it's really sitting down together and listening to each other and figuring out what we value as a team and how we value each other moving forward. So yes, there's been tons of bumps in the road because we are constantly learning. Mm -hmm. And, um, as partners too, we both have to sit down and look at, okay, what is our vision? What does, what does your role look like? What does my role look like? How do we enact that? We have to sit down and say, sorry, I messed this up. You know, that sort of thing. Um, generally that's me. Dina is on. (laughs) all the time. She's messed up like twice, I think. So that <laughs> makes the rest of us feel better. But um, I don't think we've had a huge failure because of the mission that we've set out clearly to be. So definitely we have we have problems. I mean, as an example, this in, in January, which was a busy month, we sent out a package with one shoe in it. I mean, not us personally, but like our team. So like yeah. that's, you know, so there's always things that we need to work on ongoing but I think having a sense of humor and and also just being humble and realizing that we're growing and learning at the same time it has been really beneficial Mm -hmm. and I'm you know what let's make mistakes that's okay Mm -hmm. it's that for me the important part is that willingness to learn from them it's not a oh man I did something I'm the worst person in the world attitude it's a I messed up. How can I make this better? How can I learn from it? And if we can face all our challenges and all our mistakes and failures like that, then I don't see them as failures. They are learning lessons that we're taking with us. Right. Definitely. And that's just kind of part of any process, right? You're going to, there's going to be things that go really smoothly and there's going to be things that, um, that really don't. And, and part of it is letting go of like the idea that things need to be perfect as well, I think is probably really important. Um, so another thing that I wanted to ask you guys is how would you approach, um, like opening a, a physical retail retailer as opposed to like an online store? Cause I know you guys have both components. I think for us, we definitely could see, um, sort of where our customer base was located due to our online store. We actually had the opportunity, thanks to another female entrepreneur to, test out the idea of a retail location with pop-up with some pop-up uh store type activities previously so last oh, year okay. we did pop-ups in Saskatoon and then last spring we had actually decided to start a sort of a two-month pop-up to see how that went prior to opening more of a permanent retail location and that was a okay. good uh that was a really good tester for us to see what was required and to also see if there was value in that or if it was something that we couldn't just continue to bring online. But we really felt that with a lot of things going online, there was a lack and a need for what we were providing in Martinsville specifically because it was a great base to, you know, Saskatoon, Mormon, different areas. Right. Yeah. As well as still being able to provide that service for our online customers. So I don't know, Dina, do you have anything else that you would say about that? 
Well, I don't know. It's kind of like a, a, a balance, right? Like, I mean, especially during the climate that we're living in right now, that online presence is super important. But mm-hmm. in the same breath, if we want to expand that online presence, that storefront has been fantastic for it. But in that also same breath, it's also been a challenge because you're bringing new people in. You have to re-educate. You have to show them what you're all about. Whereas when it was online, people very clearly knew what we were about, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Like I almost wish going back a year, I guess, right? Because it was about a year ago that we were thinking about signing the papers for our pop-up. I wish I would have thought, okay, man, this could turn into a real thing. And what does that mean? And could have been a little more proactive, right? In the preparation of all the processes, all the things behind the scene that have to happen. We weren't thinking about that a year ago, but it was basically, we had this pop-up and we had such a crazy good response from it. And the community was so supportive that there was no reason for us not to make it a permanent thing. Yeah. And I think as you venture into things, doors will open for you. Um, I, again, that sounds like one of those woo-woo things that you put out in the world, but I don't, Mm -hmm. I honestly think that when you take those little leaps, then you will find out very quickly whether that is something that you want to go forward in or not. And sometimes the, no matter how much planning we had done around that, I don't know if we would have known that until we went forward. For me specifically, I felt terrified of the permanency of something that was brick and mortar versus online that we could adapt and change. And, um, I have just been overwhelmed by how amazing it has been to be a physical part of a community as well as just sort of an online presence. So again, I think that probably what might look more polished online is a lot of us, a lot of behind the scenes reactive work to some, to a decision that we made. And I think that's probably true for a lot of businesses, but you just don't see it. Right. So yeah. people are really feeling like, wow, you know, how, how long did that business plan go on? What sort of, I mean, that's all there, but you just don't see the behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everyone, everyone looks polished from the outside. We're coming to the end here with questions. Um, but one thing that I was really wanting to ask the both of you is what is something that you would tell your younger self when you were first getting started in your career? Like either, and actually maybe we can, that can be a two-part question in your career as teachers and then also um, in opening this, this clothing store. Oh, that's a good one. I, I went into teaching thinking I would only do half my career because I never wanted to be that teacher that the kids were like, ugh, not her again. I always (laughs) wanted to be the teacher that kids could relate to in some way and have a relationship with them. So in my head, I was only ever doing half a, half a, uh, teaching career. And I always wanted to do something creative. So when the timing of this played out, it was like, yep, this is it. This is the chance. Let's do this. So I would have just told myself to, Hey, you know what? Rock what you got right now. I I loved teaching. I loved Mm -hmm. students. That's what I miss the most about teaching right now. But I mean, I would have just said like, go with what you can do right now and with your gifts. And when the, when you're ready for a change, jump on it, do it. Cause there's no, if you don't do it, you're never going to do it. Right. So just kind of, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think that I would tell myself that nothing is ever lost. Um, Any training or any skills that you develop throughout, throughout, whether it's formal education, throughout careers, that will be used in your life. And um, 
I also love teaching. Like, I feel like if tomorrow you said to me, you have to go back in the classroom, I'd be like, woohoo, okay. Yeah. I mean, maybe not during COVID, but because uh, teachers are amazing. But I love, love, love that part of it. And I think that the skills and gifts that you nurture will be valuable to you wherever you go. So Gina and I both talk a lot to our staff and to our community about um, how a lot of the things that we did in the classroom we're doing here too. Dina is incredible at planning and organizing and I just would love to see her teacher year plans. And I love the, <laughs> the creative, the fun, the, the sort of on the go adaptation and I love writing. So there's, there's like a lot of different skills that we have been able to bring with us and develop throughout this. And then also that no matter what you choose to do, it's going to be a lot of work. Right. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So for this much fun that you see, there's this much work and yeah. that's okay. And that that's normal. And that's what everyone is doing. And I think that especially today, I look at my kids and what they're seeing and viewing and it looks polished. It looks fun. Everything online looks like that, but we're seeing this mm -hmm. and this is going on and just to keep that in mind in whatever you choose to do yeah definitely so like the kids saw this but really it was a scatterbrain mess of this on my end <laughs> both of us came from teaching in which you're sitting in front of maybe say 30 people and you're putting things out there and the response that you get back is this much so you're putting that out you don't know what people are taking in and we got very used to that especially as high school teachers I would say um, just knowing that the, what you're seeing isn't necessarily reflective of what's being taken in. And that is, that was hugely helpful to move from that to social media platforms where you might get two likes, but right. maybe 300 people responded in their hearts to something and you don't know that. And so <laughs> I, I feel like that was really good training for, yeah. for in general, right? Yeah, definitely. I never thought of it that way, but I guess, yeah, you guys probably have to deal a lot with, you know, asking a classroom questions and, and, and people are thinking about it, but like outwardly, there's just crickets. So. Pause, right. And yeah. I think social media, that pause is more pronounced. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, great advice. But I want to thank you guys for spending this time with me. This was great. And it was really nice to get to see you guys again and catch up. And I feel like I should be calling you guys, madame, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and speaking friend. But yeah, thank you so, so much for, um, for doing this. And Glad to you know, see you doing homework, Natalie. This is fantastic. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was telling, I was telling Abby earlier that you guys are like, you got me through elementary and she got me through high school and now it's come for full circle and we're getting me through university. <laughs> So I yeah. think one beautiful thing about seeing other women succeed is that um, there's always women out there who will cheer for you and who will come alongside you. And for us, we found that to be very true. We've had just too many mentors to count and just being willing to shoulder tap other women and say like, what did you do here? Can you help me with this? What would you do? I mean, those doors are always open from us. And I know that there's a wonderful, wonderful community of women specifically in Saskatchewan who are excited to see other women uh, succeed. So if, if we had one advice, it's <laughs> connections and don't be afraid to ask for help. Thank you so much for tuning into the Fashion Ambition Podcast. If you'd like to check out Belong Lifestyle, you can connect with Abby and Dina at Belong Lifestyle on Instagram, as well as on their website at thebelonglifestyle.com. You can also find the link in the show notes. If you liked this episode, make sure to leave a review. And if you got any great takeaways, I'd love to hear your feedback. 
If you want to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at Nomad and Mode and follow the podcast page at The Fashion Ambition to be updated whenever there's a new episode. I know that I always learn so much from each of the guests on the podcast and I would love to know what stood out most to you. So feel free to tag me on Instagram with a screenshot of this episode and let me know what you learned. Thanks again and see you in the next episode of The Fashion Ambition. Thank you.